0: letter twenty-eight of pamela volume two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. pamela volume two by samuel richardson letter twenty-eight in answer to the preceding my dear mrs b you charm us all with your letters mr peter says he will never go to bed nor rise But he will pray for you, and desires I will return his thankful acknowledgement for your favourable opinion of him, and kind allowances. If there be an angel on earth, he says, you are one. My papa, although he has seen your stinging reflection upon his refusal to protect you, is delighted with you too, and says, when you come down to Lincolnshire again, he will be undertaken by you in good earnest.' for he thinks it was wrong in him to deny you his protection. We all smiled at the description of your own uncommon courtship, and, as they say, the days of courtship are the happiest part of life. If we had not known that your days of marriage are happier by far than any other body's courtship, we must needs have pitied. But as the one were days of trial and temptation, the others are days of reward and happiness. May the last always continue to be so, and you'll have no occasion to think anybody happier than Mrs. B. I thank you heartily for your good wishes as to the man of sense. Mr. Murray has been here and continues his visits. He is a lively gentleman, well enough in his person, has a tolerable character, yet loves company and will take his bottle freely. My papa likes him never the worse for that. He talks a good deal, dresses gay and even richly, and seems to like his own person very well. No great pleasure it is for a lady to look forward to. Yet he falls far short of that genteel ease and graceful behavior which distinguish your Mr. B. from anybody I know. I wish Mr. Murray would apply to my sister. she is an ill-natured girl, but would make a good wife, I hope, and fancy she'd like him well enough. I can't say I do. He laughs too much, has something boisterous in his conversation. His complaisance is not pretty." He is, however, well versed in country sports, and my papa loves him for that, too, and says he is a most accomplished gentleman. Yes, sir, cry I, as gentlemen go. You must be saucy, says Sir Simon, because the man offers himself to your acceptance. A few years hence, perhaps, if you remain single, you'll alter your note, Polly, and be willing to jump at a much less worthy tender. I could not help answering that, although I paid due honour to all my papa was pleased to say, I could not but hope he would be mistaken in this. But I have broke my mind to my dear mamma, who tells me she will do me all the pleasure she can, but would be loath the youngest daughter should go first, as she calls it. But if I could come and live with you a little now and then, I did not care who married, unless such a one offered as I never expect.' I have great hopes the gentleman will be easily persuaded to quit me for Nancy, for I see he has not delicacy enough to love with any great distinction. He says, as my mamma tells me by the by, that I am the handsomest and best humoured, and he has found out as he thinks that I have some wit and have ease and freedom, and he takes innocence to them, in my address and conversation. Tis well for me, he is of this opinion, for if he thinks justly, which I must question, anybody may think so still much more, for I have been far from taking pains to engage his good word, having been under more reserve to him than ever I was before to anybody. Indeed, I can't help it, for the gentleman is forward without delicacy, and, pardon me, Sir Simon, my papa has not one bit of it neither. But is for pushing matters on with his rough raillery that puts me out of countenance and has already adjusted the sordid part of the preliminaries, as he tells me. Yet I hope Nancy's three-thousand-pound fortune, more than I am likely to have, will give her the wished-for preference with Mr. Mary, and then, as to a brother-in-law in in prospect, I can put off all restraint and return to my usual freedom. This is all that occurs worthy of notice from us, but from you— we expect an account of Lady Davis's visit, and of the conversations that offer among you, and you have so delightful a way of making everything momentous, either by your subject or reflections, or both, that we long for every post-day, in hopes of the pleasure of a letter. And yours I will always carefully preserve, as so many testimonies of the honour I receive in this correspondence, which will be always esteemed as it deserves, by, my dear Mrs. B., you're obliged and faithful, Polly Downford. Mr. Peters, Mr. Jones, my papa, mamma, and sister present their respects. Mr. Peters, I mentioned before, he continues to give a very good account of poor Chooks, and is much pleased with her. End of letter twenty-eight.